Hello everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and it is time for another episode of the Needle Drop Podcast, where we have interviews from content creators from across the web. And on today's show, we have singer, performer, YouTuber, one-fifth of the acapella group, The Pentatonics. Uh, I've, I've always wanted to say the name of my guests like this, so, you know, please excuse me, let me do this here. Uh, Mitch Grassi. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so Sorry. much. <laughs> you know, I thought you'd be a good guest to try that out with. Yeah, you know what? I loved it. It was an amazing okay. presentation. Thank you. Thank You're you. I'll, I'll incorporate it more in the future. Awesome. Um, yeah, so before we get into it, uh, just thank you for being on the show. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, moving forward, I'd love to talk about uh, singing, your come up, the the growth of the pentatonics, sure. and, and after, you know, save the best for last. We we can have a little music discussion too. Oh my favorite! You know, and and talk about some of that, some of that weird obscure stuff that you know some of your fans, some of my fans might not be totally turned on to. I know you're big into Igloo Ghost. You know we'll get into all that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um. So so paint me a picture here. Give me an idea of sort of where your beginnings sit. You know, I know it's been about four years mm -hmm. since uh, one of the first epi uh, one of the first uploads to the Pentatonix channel. Yeah. Now it's sitting at 10 million subscribers. Right. Thank you for coming to Slummit on my YouTube channel today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know before that you've been in choir, you've had a passion for singing for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where exactly did this desire start? Uh, what, what, you know, give me an idea where the spark sort of came from. Sure. I mean, well, for me, I had always been interested in music. Um, it, it started out when I was about nine years old and I was in musical theater. So I had mm. always had a passion for performing and, and being on stage. But um, there was a time in my life when uh, it was middle school, actually, which is, you know, the worst years of anyone's life. And I became sure, very, <laughs> I became very <laughs> introverted and shy. And then I sort of turned to turned to music and electronic music especially and I sort of fell in love with that and uh, I think my path veered a little bit toward uh, music production and songwriting and um, the more obscure musicians um, so I think you know I, I, I shied away from from musical theater dumb and became more of a musician and I think mm. it just went from there and then I did choir and um, I did theater again later on in life but um, you know it was always about the music Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's kind of uh, a time period from middle school to like about high school we're talking about here. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, getting into music production, I mean, you've sort of, uh, uh not that I'm trying to, uh, sort of, uh, out you here as a producer or, you know, like, uh, uh making bedroom music or anything like that uh -huh. or demanding that you drop something, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you sort of have your own amateur experience and, uh, uh, a sort of desire to sort of put together your own electronic music. I assume that you've, you've done this before. I do. Yeah. It's, uh, very preliminary stages. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, you know, it's, it's very time consuming. It's very tedious and yes. time isn't something I have right now, obviously. Um, and I'm also incredibly ADD. So it would take a lot of just like locking <laughs> myself in my room and focusing on the DAW and figuring it out. But eventually that's something I want to come around to. 
Okay, so so talking about these more alternative uh, forms of electronic music that that you obviously have a passion for, yeah. but you sort of ended up on this very different road where you know you're on huge stages, millions of fans uh, watching your videos, where you're sort of doing these acapella renditions of very popular songs. Yeah, uh, you know, sort of what veered you into that direction? Well, it was uh, it was actually Scott who started this whole thing. Um, mm. We, Kirsty, me, and Scott were friends in high school, and there was a uh, a radio competition for acapella groups to audition and go out and meet the cast of Glee <laughs> in Los Angeles. It's very mm. glamorous, and um, <clears throat> we uh, put together that group. And um, you know, I mean, I wasn't against it necessarily. Um, you know, I wasn't. It's acapella wasn't something that I had. Stro stro striven strived what is that word to do but you get mm. my point yeah. um <clears throat> but i was like what the heck i mean it's it's something to do i love music it's another avenue for me and um mm. you know it it all went from there and uh, uh so you know once once a group like the the pentatonic sort of reaches this pinnacle that you're at right now mm -hmm. sort of uh, and you know you guys have just released I don't, would would you call it your debut album or your sophomore album? Because I know that your your previous record was like a Christmas record. God, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, we've we have a number of EPs out right now, but yeah, I would yeah. say this is our debut original album for sure. Yeah. Okay. So your debut original album over here. Uh, uh, so you know. Uh, Focusing on more original music here, uh, what is it like sort of transitioning from this cover process to uh, this process where, you know, you're forcing yourself to sort of collaborate as a group and uh, come up with something that just didn't exist before? Yeah, I mean, it was really, it was quite a challenge, but it was actually a bit of an adventure. I mean, we got to go into the studio and every day it was with a different songwriter slash producer and, and sometimes it was horrible and sometimes it was amazing. It was kind of like a blind date, actually. <laughs> and... Um, it it was it was really cool to be able to explore different creative avenues, different styles and genres, and kind of figure out what our sound is. And I I feel like we're still trying to figure out just what that sound is, but mm. um you know but I think we've made great strides musically. You guys sort of come together on this uh, this common ground of acapella music, but you know talking about how uh, uh, we're some of your. Um, preferences lie within electronic music. Mm -hmm. Are there other sort of uh, large preferential divides musically between you and the other members of the group? I mean, I wouldn't call them divides. There are mm. definitely, we definitely all have way different uh, tastes in music, but I think that's what's kind of cool about it is that we can bring all these different influences, even though it is acapella, we can bring all these musical nuances into the music and kind of have this weird hybrid genre, um, you know, that, that we can write to. Hmm. And, uh, uh, sort of moving beyond some of the electronic music that I know you like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about being in choir, being in musical theater. Uh, I mean, obviously there has to be sort of a soft spot in your heart for some of that stuff as well. I mean, I'm sure you're into, uh, uh, some of the early Disney musicals. I mean, are there, are, are there other, uh, musicals out there that, you know, you sort of, uh, uh, are a huge fan of? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was obsessive when I was a kid about musicals. Um, I mm. know every single word to, uh, rent. <laughs> mm. I, um, you know, I love Wicked. I love all the classics. Um, I, I haven't really been up to date with what's going on now though in terms of like newer Broadway musicals, but, um, but yeah. Uh, well, you know, speaking back to that old school uh, yeah. that you just, that you just brought up there. Um, 
where do you feel like, uh, and not to sort of talk just about musicals, but just kind of vocal music and pop music today, because it just seems like, uh, uh, generally the, the discussion around vocals and, and, uh, vocal music today, um, it's almost sort of trashed consistently in comparison with the past where it seems like singers were more raw. There was raw talent <laughs> there. Uh, there were fantastic performances. There was no auto tune. There was no studio trickery to hide when you had a bad night or you just weren't singing up to snuff. Right. Um, you know, is, is, is that sort of era just romanticized? Was it really better than then? Do you was it really better than now? Do you think uh, singing today is just not what it used to be in a way? Oh my God, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't want to shit on anyone. <laughs> I, yeah. um, you don't have to name any names. Oh no, no, no! I wouldn't. I would never. I um, I mean, oh, I'm so bitter in that way sometimes when I hear quote-unquote singers on the radio and I can hear that they're dripping in auto-tune and it sounds like a computer is singing and I'm like why are they you know what makes them so popular but I I have to realize that most everyone in the world isn't there for the voice it's more the whole package and what the entire song slash production sounds like so I understand Mm. that as a business you don't necessarily need to have an amazing singer slash musician to have a successful product. So I can respect it in that way. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's certainly production. It's songwriting, too. It's image as well, you know, and, and being being where you are, you know, especially a, a not just with the Pentatonix being a, a becoming a well-respected group within the music industry, but also just YouTube, too, which is a very visual medium. Um, you know, you guys appreciate yeah. the visual and the look of a group, too. Um, you know, how much focus in your mind is sort of on that when you're creating something? And, you know, does it ever uh, become disheartening sometimes when maybe to the audience from your perspective, it seems like they're putting too em- too much emphasis on that? On the visuals? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I mean, it's tough to say. I think it's, I think it's pretty important. But what's cool about what's cool about Pentatonix is that we like to keep in our videos we like to keep it simple we like to basically just show you what's going on who's singing what part mm. instead of you know being <laughs> a purely aesthetics based group sure if you know what i mean i think i think it's for us it is more about the music and and um and our different parts that are so integral into our sound hmm. um yeah i mean uh, uh sort of talking about, you know, seeing people in the videos, seeing the members of the group in the videos singing, uh, it, it's just, uh, I don't know, it just strikes me as uh, really interesting how vocals and singing, it's sort of a, a musical instrument and a musical practice that almost anybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's almost important for people uh, when listening to uh, music to be able to understand the lyrics or maybe see the singer, uh, because it's, it's like the quickest way to relate or understand to the music on an emotional level. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And, um, and what's cool about our group is that we're all so incredibly different. So being Mm. able to see us and how vastly different we all look from each other is also something that's really cool because, you know, our fans can pick one of us to latch onto and relate to. And that's also a really big part of our brand is that we're so diverse. Um, 
Another thing that's sort of different about your group, uh, and and maybe this is not so much today because uh, there's been a proliferation of YouTube musicians online uh, over the past four years since you guys started, but um, it seems like with how much headway you're making, you guys are doing a lot to sort of break down what was once before sort of a stigma with musicians on YouTube. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean... In terms of what? Like, what was the stigma? In terms of just, like, a respect within the music industry itself, it seemed like at one point there was just very little crossover between people who had potentially millions and millions of views and listens on YouTube, and they're probably uh, a little more popular than some musicians who might be established in the music industry. But oh, the sure. music industry, it seems like they didn't want to sort of reach out that olive branch to people who were sort of doing it, doing it themselves. Like you you guys were independently at one time um, uh, on YouTube. For sure, yeah. Um, well, I think, it's, I think that's a recent development, the YouTube artist. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people are becoming really well known from YouTube. And I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons we became so successful is that, you know, record labels were seeing us and they were like, wow, they did that completely independently. It's almost an anomaly that they garnered so many. This isn't me bragging, by the way, <laughs> that they garnered so many. Brag all you want. This, this is your bragging pedestal. <laughs> well, thank you. They garnered so many, you know, fans off of YouTube and so many dedicated fans, I think, was the most impressive thing is that our fan base is just so supportive and they will literally buy anything or do anything just because they love us so much. And it's, I mean, that love is totally reciprocated, too. We, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. And that's just a fact. Uh, yeah, you know, just uh, being the age that I am, I can't help but compare it back to a point in time when... Uh, when I was growing up, and it seemed like uh, as as legitimately great as a lot of pop music that you and I grew up with was, it seemed like much of it was just manufactured and handed down to us from on high and sure. from the radio stations and from the record labels. And it was just like, well, this is good. We're telling you it's good. Right. Whereas now it's just so much more democratized. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <coughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Um, no, the, the, there was no question there. Oh. It was just kind of a statement just looking for you to react to that, basically. Um, you know, the democratization of taste online, um, as popular as you guys are, yeah. uh, nobody can really take that away from you guys because your fans are passionate, they're legitimate, and they're interested in what you're doing because oh, you're I doing see. it well, not because anybody is telling them to be into it or anybody's for forcing sure. it down their throat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I mean, there are so many different types of music that people can latch onto nowadays, and I feel like the the spectrum is is broadening in terms of what pop music is, and you know what what people actually like. I feel like there's I, not a specific type of music that people are into now because there are so many different kinds. Oh my God, yes, you know the the internet just gives people so much access now to so many different sounds, and it's like you know even with people who watch my show, you know there are people who are into uh, XYZ death metal band I'm reviewing, and then they're asking me to review the new Lady Gaga record or right. something. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, while that world seems really freeing and uh, uh, 
like almost as if as a community of music fans we can listen to and we can enjoy anything mm-hmm. uh, there's almost like a lack of a safety net there you know there's a certain volatility uh, to the internet because what's hot today may be totally gone and irrelevant tomorrow right. um, you know so, sort of what are the challenges that that you and and uh, pentatonics keep in mind when you're thinking okay you know we need to do something new this time around we need to try something different um you know is there always an emphasis to experiment and try to keep up with the times or do you guys feel uh, like you can sort of stick to what you know and continue to please your fans i think it's a balance of both honestly i mean we do love to push the boundaries we like to think of uh you know, we like to come up with things that are sort of gimmicky and attention-grabbing. Um, and yeah, we do. There is a part of us that likes to stay current because we want to grow and progress with the market as well. But we also have a brand that we don't want to totally uh, abandon. So it's not like we're going to all of a sudden have like crazy bass drops and production in the background because you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, not, it's not part of who we are. So it's mm. it's a it definitely is a balance. Mm. Uh, so obviously there aren't going to be any crazy bass drops uh, <laughs> working <laughs> working their way into uh, uh, your songs into the future. But you know, sort of what concessions or what experiments could you see uh, the group making in terms of maybe other sounds or other kinds of instrumentation? Honestly, what I would love, I think this mm. would be more of a live uh, thing, but. I would love to do some vocal looping and live electronic vocal alterations. I think that would be amazing. That's something I've always been into using the um, the voice as an instrument and sort of manipulating it electronically. Um, I just saw, you know, Holly, Holly Herndon? Yes, yeah. I just saw her in concert and that was a big part of her show is using live vocals and manipulating them into a whole new soundscape. And I just thought that was totally amazing. If there's one thing I like about her music consistently, it's that, you know, I saw this, uh, I don't know if you've caught this, but there's this great boiler room set with her uh, oh, no, on I YouTube. Oh, it's really cool. Some of the stuff she's doing live. And what was so like heartbreaking when I saw it is like the dislike bar was so extreme on that side. Oh, no. And it's like, and I know, okay, it doesn't sound like the usual boiler room set. I get it. But she's doing some really cool stuff with her right. vocals. How interesting. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the the thing is, I mean, you know, some of the weirdest stuff out there, if you expose it to a group of people who just do not expect it, uh, they're just li- liable to hate it. That's so weird. I feel like Boiler Room has so many different types of musicians, too. That's really weird. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I will say that her set was a little indulgent. You know, there, okay. there were large swaths of time where she was just kind of being very indulgent with her vocals. It was pretty cool. But, I see, I you know, see. There, was, there was nothing to really speak of like rhythm or structure or anything going on in the background. It was very much kind of like uh, uh, watching, I don't know, the evolution of amoebas into like multi-celled <laughs> organisms or something for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes something, you know, down the road. And then once it gets there, it's like, okay, you know, now we're cooking with gas over here. It took right. a while, but... Uh, I understand, uh, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be really interesting. You know, it kind of sounds like you're talking about, I don't know, doing a wild live Imogen Heap kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's my um, favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, is, is that, uh, uh, mostly due to her music or some of the, uh, interesting things that I know that she does live? 
Um, for me, it was mostly her vocals that I drew mm. influence from. I um, <clears throat> A lot of her nuances I have subconsciously copied <laughs> just because I have listened to her so much over the years. But mm. also what's amazing about her is that she produces her own music and she does do a lot of it live. And she's a multi- multi-instrumentalist and an inventor. It's just, you know, I could go on and on. <laughs> it's No, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, all right. So uh, give me a little taste and an idea before we talk probably more about some of your favorite music over here um, as to what people can expect if they come out and they catch the Pentatonix live. I know you, you, that you guys are working on what you said earlier, the production of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys are typically a vocal group, but uh, what do you sort of do to sort of step beyond that and bring the audience a little extra when they come out and see you in person? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it is production. It's going to be a a really, really cool show in terms of production, but um, you know, there's a lot of staging and a lot of movement involved. It is going to be an actual conceptual show instead of just us standing in a line across the stage and singing, which can be very effective. Mm-hmm. But I feel like since we're kind of moving up in terms of in terms of venue size, <laughs> I think we have to kind of bring it a little bit because mm-hmm. we have to match the energy of the room. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely a real show. Okay, so what what are we and you know if you can spoil it a little bit? Yeah, uh, what are we talking here in terms of concept? You know, are we talking uh, visuals? Is there a story here? Is there a theme? Um, there will be lots of visuals. There's um sort of an underlying uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like we are in this together. We did this all ourselves. Sort of theme that kind of runs throughout the show. Mm. And a sort of, I guess, family uh, theme as well. <laughs> but, okay. um, but yeah, I won't spoil too much. It's it's going to be really cool. Actually, I haven't. Today is the first day that I'm going to actually get to see all of the production. Um, so you know, I, I don't actually totally know what it's going to look like. Okay, that sounds sentimental, heartwarming. Exactly. Yes. Is there a moment like in an usher set where a fan is brought up onto the stage and you guys sort of grind on them <laughs> or anything like that? Or? Um, there may very well be <laughs> a moment like that. I don't know about grinding necessarily. It might not be part of our brand to do that, but mm. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't see it in the brand, but if you guys wanted to just play a little more racy and branch out, yeah, no, I feel that. Okay. Um, uh, where can people find out about this tour and uh, uh, just kind of know if you guys are coming to a city near them? Yeah. And you said it's starting in April? It's starting in April, technically, yeah. And then mm. it's going to extend pretty much for the rest of the year, but we're doing Europe and Asia, North America twice. Okay. So, yeah. Um, oh, and you can you can find the dates on ptxofficial.com slash tour. Okay, cool. All right. Um let me talk a, a little bit about music with you. Uh, yeah. uh, I know that you watch the show for some reason, which is just totally crazy. <laughs> I do. I, I appreciate that of very course. much. Um, so, you know, you're into a lot of alternative electronic music. Uh, uh, what's up with this new Igloo Ghost EP? I'm really excited about uh, uh, everything that he's doing, and he has a new album coming out. Um, are you into uh, uh, any of what these guys over at PC Music are doing too? Oh my gosh, yeah. I've been obsessed with PC Music since day one. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of just a lot of weird 2000s vocal pop, but just totally whacked out. Um, in in a weird way, you know, <laughs> I, I never quite appreciated stuff like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera when it was around right. when I was younger. But it sort of has made me want to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Um, 
there's this uh, a producer who goes by the name of um, Clarence Clarity. Are you familiar with him? I'm not. He is this weird UK uh, pop music producer who's hugely influenced by like boy bands and R and B. But wow. the music, the 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 production is so glitchy. Yeah, and I'm not it's so down. weird. Uh, Clarence Clarity. The album is No Now. It was uh, one of my favorite records of last year. Oh, um, and uh, I don't know. It, in a weird way, it just made me think like, yeah, you know, that that whole Backstreet Boys thing, it, it like wasn't that bad. Because when I was in high school, I remember I was like an angsty metal kid. Right. And I was just like, <laughs> I see that you know, for you. Yeah. Yes. You see that in me? Yeah. You see that in me? Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was an angsty metal kid. I hated everybody. I don't have any anything to do with anything. Yeah. And <laughs> I feel that way sometimes. Oh, do you? Yeah. What do you do when you have that feeling? You know, how, how do you, how do you how do you indulge in that? Oh God, I just listen to aggressive music. <laughs> mm. Like like who who's your, who's your go to? Mm. Who's the most aggressive thing that you listen to? The most aggressive? Oh my yeah. God! Well, a long when you're feeling badass. A long time ago, <laughs> when I was uh, an angsty teen, such as we were talking about, I um, mm. made a playlist called Empower Me, and I would holy let, shit. Yeah, I think the first track on there was Pluto by Bjork, and that was one of my like. <laughs> angry songs which is that was so your angry gay. song yeah <laughs> little gay mitch like dancing around his room to pluto by bjork <laughs> just getting his aggression out yeah D go keep going in that playlist keep going <laughs> oh my god oh i don't even remember what it was i feel like nowadays it's probably like sophie or like um i'm looking at my at my itunes right now um or just like hard or like happy hardcore or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So something that's not necessarily like angry, 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 but it's very visceral. It's very physical. Yeah. So yeah. if you're moving around and there's a hard hitting beat, it allows you to just vent. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got it. So uh, I know that you, you know, are into artists like Igloo Ghost, like Sophie. Um, I know you like Techno, some house too. Yeah. Um, you know, is is there sort of a soft spot for any IDM uh, for you, like Aphex Twin or Aw Tech or anything like that, like super obtuse sort of, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, I, I don't even know what, totally. what you would even call it. It's kind of like listening to a computer's heartbeat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I um, I actually have, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I have an Aphex hmm. Twin tattoo on my left left arm. <laughs> Oh, no, I did not um, know that. Fun yeah. fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. About me. Um, so I do love Aphex Twin. And um, mm. I mean, I, I am very fascinated by the different multitude of sounds that that synthesizers can make. So yeah, I'm totally into IDM. I've been trying to get myself into Outtecker for the longest time, and I'm not giving up. It's just mm. all my friends that are producers are like, we love Outtecker. You really need to get into them. And I'm like, I'm trying my best, <laughs> but it's... It's so visceral and so just off the wall, hmm. but I can certainly appreciate it for what it is. It is is um, do you feel like it's it's hard to sort of connect with the music on a human level, or is that something that's not totally necessary for you sometimes? A human level in what way? I guess um, uh, in, a, in in I guess in rock music or vocal music, it's sort of easy for me personally to sort of see. 
the humanity or um, uh, the human touch in the music. Uh, whereas when I listen to Autechre sometimes, it's like I, I feel almost as if uh, floored that this music even came from a human. You know, it oh, seems yeah. almost like 100% computer generated sometimes. Yeah. Um, which could be a challenge in itself. You know, the mind favors melody, the mind favors patterns sure. and to sort of uh, totally break away from those wants and those desires that the brain uh, naturally prefers when it comes to organized sound um, can be a real challenge, uh, not only in the creative process, but just to listen to it and try to appreciate it from that angle as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I like about music like that is that it doesn't really sound like it was man-made. It sounds kind of like it's its own entity. <laughs> hmm. um, I, I don't know. It's it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, you're right. I can't believe that people actually make music like that. Like, what is the process? And are there patterns? <laughs> or it's wild. Um, are you into a uh, square pusher at all? Do you like any square pusher? I do like square pusher. I don't know much of um, square pusher's stuff, but I can. I'm definitely into it. I mean, you know, he definitely came up at the same time Aphex Twin did. And uh, totally. uh, if, if if you like drum and bass, if you like jungle, if you like IDM, but with more of like a jazzy twist. Yeah. Um, uh, he He's fantastic. I remember in probably college, I was obsessed with him for a while. And I didn't know too much about electronic music back then. Uh, I assumed that he was like, like this really huge guy and everybody knew about him. Mm -hmm. But then like later down the road, I was like, oh, wow, he's just like not as relevant as I thought he was. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, he was pretty big too. I see his name everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he was, I think he definitely had more um, uh, popularity at one time, maybe like in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm. but then he sort of turned to like a little bit of a recluse. Okay. And I think he just kind of keeps to himself. Sure. Um, I remember there was this uh, uh, interesting interview Andre 3000 of Outcast did one time where he was like completely... Um, just praising everything he did. And he was like, oh, he's so great. He's such an amazing musician. I would love to collaborate with him. And and, and he essentially like responded and was like, no, <gasps> no, I'm not, in, I'm not into that. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, like, you know, and, and I don't know how much he knew of Andre or, you know, or anything like that, but um, maybe he sort of knew some of the outcast hits or something. Uh, it was probably around the time Hey Ya was popular, maybe okay. shortly after that. And, um, uh, I think he, you know, he he might have said something like, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't write love songs or something like that." You uh, know, I was like, "Oh well, you know, okay, whatever." Um, so yeah, he's he's a little bit of a curmudgeon, but uh, okay. he's he's amazing at at what he does. Sure, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, if if you were to, you know, have the time, we're sort of. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. You know predicting the end of the group or anything like that. I'm not wishing for that. But, you know, if we're in a post-pentatonics era or if we're in an era where you do have this time to sort of make the electronic music that you want, where do you sort of see yourself uh, going? You know, so what are some of the first sounds or concepts or ideas that you'd like to make or sort of explore? Yeah, sure. Um, definitely something bass heavy and something... Mm. Um, I, I think it would be really interesting to go the uh, the twigs route actually where especially with her latest EP where her songs are very I suppose like a journey and they have different sections and I think what I more focus on is the live aspect of my music so hmm. 
I would always keep that in mind if and when, you know, I, I produce my own music because yeah, I, I don't know, I, I love performing so much and I think it would be cool just to have those different moments in the show. Well, that that's something that um, in some ways is sort of overlooked now. You know, it seems like when somebody gets an internet hit, um, while the song may be good, uh, they didn't have those years of sort of practice right. and study uh, sort of under their belt before that internet hit comes along out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden they're sort of thrust into the limelight and then you kind of have like a, I don't know, like a Lana Del Rey Saturday Night Live debut moment <laughs> right. where it's just like a flop on so many levels. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas with you guys, I mean, you guys have sort of been uh, uh, in the uh, – uh, I guess the trenches, as it were, sort of practicing your craft for years before you got to where you were. And uh, it's it's got to feel good to sort of have that solid foundation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's if nothing else, <clears throat> not to belittle it at all, but it's a it's an amazing starting point. You know, we could go anywhere from here, you know, and, and uh, uh, sort of putting that in perspective with, I don't know, the the consistent popularity of maybe some TV shows like The Voice, which, you know, I'm not asking you to hate on The Voice or anything like that, but <laughs> I think it sort of makes uh, sort of becoming a singer easy. Uh, uh, not becoming a singer easy, but it makes it seem like that to the audience, like just about anybody can do it. And sure, you know, anybody can put in the practice and put in the time and put in the effort, but it's much harder than just kind of simply deciding that you want to sing on TV and then people on TV <clears throat> like you're singing and then you're all of a sudden a career musician. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. No, I'm, with shows like that especially, there's normally no, no offense, but there's no longevity. I mean, it's mm. sad because these musicians are so hyped up about their potential music career, especially when they win and then nothing happens and then we move on to the next season. So, mm. All right. Um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for coming over and having this conversation and talking with me about the, the group and electronic music and just being a fan of the show. I love of you course. Too. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Um, and th there is a rumor that I made up just now <laughs> th th that people call you my bitch Mitch. Is is that true? More is or less, true? yes, that is More true. More or less? Okay, all right then. Great, thank you. Thank, thank you for answering that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna put links to information where you can find about, uh, find out about the uh, Pentatonics tour, and I'll put some Pentatonics videos down there. Perfect. I'll put uh, Mitch's sex tape down there. Excellent. And uh, <laughs> spread that around, please. <laughs> and uh, and and just, I appreciate you being a great guest. Thank oh, you. thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs>